0: Hi there, precious friends. We're so grateful that you would join us today for session number six in our series on discovering the dynamics of prayer. Last week, um, we looked at the model prayer or what we usually call the Lord's Prayer. We saw that it's a kind of outline that shows the many forms or topics of prayer. It begins with praise and worship as we put the focus on God how does it begin our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name our father implies a relationship certainly it implies a relationship with God but it also implies a relationship with each other as we are brothers and sisters in Christ Uh, our is plural and so when we say hallowed be thy name then His name, His character, all of that is holy. It is untouchable. It is set aside. And so we acknowledge who He is. We acknowledge His greatness. And we spend time considering Him and we recall and spend time vocalizing back to Him what He's like, who He is, His greatness. Then we bow to His sovereign reign and the rules of His kingdom. Our daily lives need to be governed by the kingdom of God. We are members of a different kingdom. We are uh, walkers on this earth together, but we are members of the kingdom of God if we belong to Christ and if we are saved. And so we submit to the will of God. We submit to the rules of the kingdom. So we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven then give us this day our daily bread. We are totally dependent on him for every need. That establishes dependence on him. We ask him for our daily provision. You know, some people say, well, if he's gonna give it anyway, why do I need to ask? Well, I don't know, but he said ask. And so he says, pray these things back to him. That's a, those are instructions. He said, this is how do you pray? And so he's, it's like he's sitting there going, ask me, ask me, ask me, ask me. You know, but again, us is plural, give us this day our daily bread. So it includes intercession. It includes praying for others. Uh, forgive us our trespasses or debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. So there has got to be a dealing with sin. We've talked about that a lot in some of our previous sessions, but we've got to deal with sin. We've got to deal with it on a daily basis. Certainly he has cleansed us from sin but to maintain our fellowship, we continue to recognize sin and we confess it and we repent of it. And so we need to deal with our sins immediately when we recognize them, when the Holy Spirit quickens us. And then we're going to ask him for cleansing and repent of it so that we're walking clean. That has a huge effect on the uh, power of our prayer lives. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's an ouch. And so we have to deal daily, constantly with forgiveness and bitterness and anger and all of those things. You know, we, we just can't hold grudges and be in fellowship with the Lord God. We're going to learn to show mercy to others the same way that he has shown mercy to us. Then it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's preventive prayer. Kind of like saying, make me watchful. Let me see it coming before I ever get into it. Guard me. Help me to recognize. Don't let me slip into it. Protect me in those places where I'm vulnerable to fall. And as it began with worship, it ends with worship. Begin how? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But it's going to end with what? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So be it. So, um, there may be times when we just pick one of those topic sentences. There may be times when we just want to pray a prayer of praise and worship. There may be times when we just need to pray a prayer of confession, where we get before the Lord and ask Him to show us our sins so that we can agree with Him about it and deal with it. There may be times when we need to just petition Him for daily needs. So... It may be that every time we pray we don't go through all of these topics and it may be that sometimes when we pray we just pray one topic whatever is on our hearts and so our hearts learn to be bowed before the Lord at all times so that we're learning to live a praying life not just saying prayers we may talk about that more in another session but Our hearts are always bowed before the uh, the Lord. And as that happens, then our lives will always pray. It is the life that prays. It is the heart that God is watching, that he's looking at. And so when we pray, pray all of these different topics that he gives us in the model prayer, then our prayer lives are going to be balanced because those are the topics, those are the things that need to be covered in our praying lives, in our prayer lives. Now, if you think back through with me, uh, you'll see all the plural pronouns. Think about it. Our Father, give us this day, forgive us our debts, lead us not into temptation, Deliver us from evil. So flowing all through the model prayer is intercession. Praying for others. And in intercession, that's what we do. We stand in the gap. We pray for other people as we intercede. Prayer directs the will and the power of God into situations on earth. Think about that. Prayer directs the will and the power of God into situations on earth. Prayer brings the power of God to earth. We are the conduit, it is the way he's chosen. Why did he do it that way, I don't know. It's what he's chosen and he gives power through our prayers to do the will of God so that the will of God will happen on earth. And we wanna say, well, Isn't the power of God on earth already? Well, yeah, it is. Absolutely. But God's God's power covers the earth. But think about it like this with me just for a minute. When you were a child, did you ever play with a magnifying glass? Did you ever do that? The rays of the sun cover the earth. But if I take a magnifying glass and get in the sun, and hold it over a dry leaf or a piece of paper and I hold it just in the right place for a period of time, what's going to happen? It's going to flame up. We learned how to set campfires, light campfires with that. When I was a Girl Scout many, many years ago. But that's what you do. And so the sun's rays become concentrated through that magnifying glass and they are directed. And when they are directed, their power is magnified. Now think about that because there is focus and the focus gives intense heat and power, and so that leaf, that dry leaf, that piece of paper, whatever it is you've got, I've read of houses catching on fire. Sometimes if somebody left a a magnifying glass lying in a window that the sun went through for a certain period of time, and so what happens? Those rays, those sun rays are intensified in a focal point, and so that power causes the dry leaf or the paper to, to burst into flames. Now think about it. When we pray specific, fervent, intervening prayers, then God's power is released into those circumstances. God's power is present everywhere on earth. But when believers pray, that power becomes focused into a certain situation. Uh, So prayer is going to focus and magnify God's power on a particular situation or a particular life. Now that life or situation constantly exposed to God's power is going to be changed by it. That's what power is. It focuses, that's what prayer is. It focuses the power of God on a particular place or circumstance or need. Prayer does not increase God's power. Nothing we can do, nothing can increase God's power. He is all-powerful all the time. So prayer does not increase his power. It focuses it. The power belongs to God. And he uses us, he uses believers to pray, to focus that power on a certain situation so that the power of God is brought to a situation on earth using the prayers of God's people. Prayer is just the means that God has chosen for some things to happen. Um, Does God have to have something? No, but he chose to do it that way. And so he is dependent on us. And we need to be aware of the things of asking the Lord, what are the things that you're waiting to hear? What is it that you're wanting to hear from me? Because he has chosen to use that method. He has chosen to use his people as tools to accomplish much. God says in his word that prayer ought to accomplish much. Well, how much? Well, it depends, doesn't it? How much much power do we want the prayer to have? What position do we need to be in for that fervent prayer to be effective and accomplish much? You know, we tend to think that prayer is what we do when there's nothing else left. Don't we say that sometimes? We hear people say things like, um, well, uh, all I can do is pray. Or, um, there's nothing left to do but pray. Or, well, at least I can pray. Let me tell you something. Listen to me. You listen. Prayer is the most aggressive, powerful, proactive, invasive work we can ever do. We are falling for the lie that Satan has put in our minds because he knows that. He knows the power of prayer, so he's gonna do anything he can think of to keep it from happening, to keep powerful prayer from happening. And so we think that being busy and having meetings and congregating together is more important than praying. It ain't so. And the truth is that prayer, I'm gonna say it again, Prayer is the most aggressive, powerful, proactive, invasive work we can ever engage in. And that's what God's waiting for. I can't, it, it, it humbles me, it scares me to think about how many things may be going on in the world that God is waiting for somebody to ask. So we need to be asking him about that. Um, I don't want to, I'm not going to spend much time on this, but I want us to, I want to read this. Um, I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm so bad, sometimes when I'm studying, I wind up putting things in here that could be a whole series in itself. So I struggle with that sometimes, but but look with me for a minute at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. If you're a Bible student, you're probably familiar with these verses. Let me read them. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish the flaming missiles of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit And with this view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And then he goes on and says, and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me. We know that Paul is writing this letter to the Ephesians, but the very first sentence, that very first statement is the topic sentence kind of. Uh, So it, it tells us that that means that everything else here builds on that first sentence. What's the first sentence? Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So what Paul does is to tell us how to access the power of God and how to sidestep the devil's schemes. The word translated scheme here. Is a word that means a well-thought-out plan. You better know that Satan is good at schemes and well-thought-out plans. The enemy has an agenda. His agenda, Scripture tells us, is to steal, kill, and destroy. Chaos, fear, all of those things are a part of his agenda. And so his agenda or scheme is carried out by principalities and powers and authorities in the spiritual realm. Did you see that in the beginning of the passage? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, against rulers, powers, world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. So that's what he uses to accomplish his will on earth. Now he's got a will for earth. God's got a will for earth. And so when he uses when he is about his schemes, then he's using those things. And so what is Paul saying? He says, put on the armor of God. That is your battle gear. We get dressed to do this battle. Uh, kind of reminds me of, you know, firemen. If they're going to go fight a fire, they've got a certain attire that, that they clothe themselves with. It is protection for them. Or um, football players. Put on a certain gear, there's a certain gear that they get dressed and get ready to go play or they get ready to go fight a fire. And so once once they're dressed, once the football player player is dressed, then he's gonna go play. Once a firefighter is dressed, he's gonna go fight a fire. What do we do once we're dressed? P-R-A-Y. We pray, we pray. See verse 18? With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. That means on all occasions with all kinds of requests. And with this in view, be on the alert. Now, prayer is the covering over all of the pieces of the armor. So once you put on the armor, you're not finished. You know how some children wanna put on a a costume, some wanna dress up like firemen, and they just wanna wear wear it around. They just wanna wear the, the, the attire or clothing around looking like a fireman. Well, if that's what we do, if we put on all of this armor and then just walk around, we've not accomplished the purpose. Fireman puts on fire gear to fight a fire. Football player puts on football gear To play a game. We put on the armor of God to fight, and our fight is done in prayer. That's the occasion. And so our enemies are not flesh and blood. Now, I want to tell you, most of the time, it doesn't seem that way. I mean, there are people that we can blame, we can point fingers at, and we say, you're causing the problem. Here's the truth about it. They're not. They are being tools of the enemy who is directing them with his principalities and powers and rulers and all of those things that are listed here. But our enemies are not flesh and blood. There is warfare going on in the spiritual realm. We can't see it. We know about it because what the word of God tells us about it. Sometimes it's called the heavenlies. The heavenlies may be called the spiritual realm. Um, but that battle is always taking place between the forces of God and, and the forces of his enemy who is Satan. It's going on 24-7, every minute that's going on. And what we see on earth is a result of what's happening in the warfare in the heavenlies or in the spiritual realm. The remedy for what is happening on earth is going to be accomplished when we have victory in the spiritual realm. Whatever happens there is going to show up on earth. And our task for battle is what? To pray. That's how we fight the battle. And so when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Excuse me. God's work is done and it is reflected on the earth. God responds. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, you pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so when we do that, God's going to respond to that. And he responds to the prayers of his people. Look, God's word is our sword. God's word is our sword. Remember the power of God's word. When he speaks, things happen. When his word goes forth, things happen. God's word created the earth. God's word maintains the earth, sustains it. God's words do his work. And when we pray God's words, the spiritual realm responds. Spiritual forces are dispatched. When we pray God's words to him in intercession about things going on in people's lives, things going on in earth, then what happens when we pray? Spiritual forces are dispatched to that situation. I don't have to go back to it, but you remember in the life of Daniel when he had been praying for wisdom, when Daniel had been praying and he had been praying for help and it didn't come, didn't come, didn't come. And so finally, The Archangel Michael showed up and said, hey, he said, hey, you know, we've been trying to get here, but we have been hampered because we've been having to fight to get here. That's a picture of that. Maybe we need to just talk about that sometime. But that's what's going on. Spiritual forces are dispatched from God and all of heaven is poised to respond to the prayers of God's people. Do you see what a sin prayerlessness becomes? Do you see what begins to happen when we neglect to pray? When we decide we'd be better off having a meeting, or we'd be better off going visiting, or we'd be better off doing this, that, or the other, instead of praying? There's not anything more important. It is the most powerful thing on earth. Never, never underestimate The power of prayer coming from a heart that is prepared, that is clean, and that is fully His. Oh my goodness, that's power that we may not be to the place yet where we can even imagine it. Almighty God has chosen to release His intervening power in response to the prayers of His people. That's the way he's chosen to do it. He wants us involved. We are his instruments. We are his conduit. He's waiting for us to pray. John Wesley said, God will do nothing but an answer to prayer. Whoa. E.M. Bounds said, God shapes the world by prayer. I don't know about you, but I see a world today that needs a little shaping going on. What are we to do? We're to pray. We're to cry out to God. It is prayer that brings God's power to directly bear on a situation on the earth. Prayer moves the hand that moves the universe. Think about it. Prayer moves the hand that moves the universe. Now let's talk about praying for others. Lots of times we use the word intercession, Uh, when we talk about praying for others, and it means going between or mediating or pleading for another. Christ himself is the ultimate intercessor. He is the number one, capital I, intercessor. He is the ultimate. He is the only go-between. He is the only mediator between heaven and earth. He's it. So picture him placing one hand on God and another hand on humanity. He is the ultimate intercessor. His intercession, his real intercession was not a prayer he prayed. It was a work that he did when he died on the cross. And basically, that's what's happening. He became the mediator, the go-between, between God and humanity. So now, if I want to go to God, how do I go? I'm going to go through Him. He is the mediator. Scripture says, He ever liveth to make intercession for us. And that's not just praying. That means He is continuing in that position of mediating of having one hand on God and one hand on humanity. And now he, they're using the Holy Spirit. He can empower us with the Holy Spirit for that to happen. The Bible is full of, of commands and examples of praying for other people. Um, it's very clear in scripture that all Christians are called to be intercessors. Um, some people want to think that intercession is for this special group of super spiritual people. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's not for a special group of super Christians. It is for every believer. And once you became a believer, Christ himself made it possible for you to pray through him to the Father. Isn't that what we read a while ago, that our power is where? In Christ, we are in Christ. He, in the as in the form of the Holy Spirit, is in us. That's where our power is, and so um, it's just a, a a way to intercede. But it is a command for every believer. It's not just for a few. It's not just for when we get in trouble. It's not when we're students and need to take a test in school and all of a sudden we need help. It is a lifestyle. It is a mindset. It is something that we watch for every moment. Now, uh, here's a partial list of those uh, for whom that we're to pray. I'm gonna turn to First uh, Timothy chapter 2, first thing, and just watch what he says. This is the first four verses. Uh, What does he say? He says, first of all then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men, now that word men means humans, be made on behalf of all humans, for kings and all who are in authority, in order that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So I see three things there. He says, you're gonna pray for all humans, gonna pray for everybody in any kind of authority, and you're gonna pray for the lost. Jesus said, I came to save. And so praying for the lost is a whole huge area intercessory prayer first Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 2 Paul said we give thanks to God always for all of you making mention of you in our prayers so he's praying for the Thessalonian church he's praying for believers Matthew chapter 5 verse 44 Jesus said love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you Acts chapter 6 verse 60 the record of Stephen being stoned to death. If you haven't read it in a while, go back to Acts chapter six toward the end of the chapter and read it. It's stunning. But Stephen, it was being stoned to death and just as he fell to his knees in death, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And he died. He died interceding. He died praying for others. Acts chapter 12, verse five, Peter's been arrested. And he was put in prison. And um, verse 5 says, But prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. Now what had happened was Peter had been locked up for preaching by Herod. And so what you've got in this picture are two huge opposing forces. So you've got the church doing what? Praying for Peter. And you've got Herod representing darkness. So two huge opposing forces in that prayer meeting, centered in that prayer meeting. And who won? The church. They let him go. God moved. The church was praying. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 19, we pray for ministers. Uh, In Psalm 122, verse 6, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. In Job chapter 42, verse 8, Job prayed for his friends. We'll go through this another time, but Job had to forgive his friends before he could pray for them. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 7, pray to the Lord on behalf of the city. There were enemies there. So what's he doing? He's praying for the city, but he's praying for enemies. Pray for the Lord. Pray to the Lord on behalf of the city. There's a fascinating picture of intercession in Exodus chapter 28, verses 29 and 30. I'm not going to turn there, but let me tell you about it. Aaron was the high priest, and he would regularly enter the Holy place like any high priest would the holy place was a portion of the tabernacle and the holy place was right in front of the holy of holies and there were i guess i could call them articles of worship that were in there that had to be tended to twice a day there were was the candlestick the golden lampstand there was the table of showbread and there was the altar of incense most people think the altar of incense was placed right in front of the curtain that separated the Holy of Holies. Well, whenever he went in there, he had to trim the wicks on the lamps and there were jobs he did morning and night when he went in there. And so whenever he went in there, this Exodus 28, 29 and 30, God told him when he went in there to, to, to address the altar of incense to wear the names of the children of Israel on his heart. He was to carry them. That is an incredible picture of intercession because when we're praying for others in intercession, we carry those in need on our hearts. We carry them over our hearts. We hold them there continually before the Lord. Um, God will give us prayer assignments. Now think about this with me, God will give us prayer assignments. He's gonna sometimes just kind of stamp the names of somebody uh, for whom we need to diligently pray, diligently intercede. Uh, and so they're gonna just kind of be there on our hearts and minds. Maybe you've experienced that, you just had somebody on your mind, You know, somebody's just on your heart. And so we need to ask God, and allow him to give us intercession assignments. Um, There are lots of prayer requests from many people that may come to us in all different kinds of ways. You know, we have prayer requests at church. We have um, all kinds of prayer requests on social media. And so there are just all kinds of prayer requests from all kinds of people, and they may come in many ways. And so you will... Feel the burden of intercession for some of them. But every prayer request that is given to you, you may need to pray, but they may not be your intercession assignment. There's a little bit of difference there. Uh, all of the prayer requests that come to you are not going to be your assignment. Now, when God assigns us the responsibility of prolonged intercession for some person or some need then we're to bear it on our hearts before him we're just going to carry it it may not be that you know we just sit down a hundred times a day just to pray for that thing you just carry it before the lord like aaron carried the names of the children of israel the sons of israel on his heart when he went to the altar of incense now always through scripture incense is tied to prayer we see it in the book of revelation where some of the heavenly beings are holding golden bowls of incense and they are the prayers of the saints and so this incense would be what a sweet aroma to god that's what prayer is to god it's a sweet aroma to him and so that's why in the old testament tabernacle the high priest had to go in there and keep that incense going All the time, 24-7, a sweet aroma to God, and it represented prayers. And so that's what we do. There are just going to be some prayer burdens, some prayer assignments that we're just going to carry with us. We may not sit down and say a lengthy prayer for them all the time, but we're going to carry that burden, and we're going to hold it before the Lord as He prompts us. Sometimes He will give us a short intercession assignment something that may not be going on very long, but maybe, maybe somebody comes up to us in the grocery store, post office somewhere and says, well, I need for you to pray for so-and-so. I need for you to pray for my mother, my aunt, my child, my husband, somebody. And so what we do in that case is we just immediately in our minds, lift that to the Father. Now, sometimes he may prompt you to just pray out loud with that person right then, but he doesn't always do that. But in our minds, and our hearts, we're just going to lift that person, that need, to the Father. But I want to tell you something. If he is calling you to intense intercession about that need, you're going to know it. You don't have to look for it. You're going to know it. It's going to be there. It's going to be a burden. You're not going to be able to get it off of your mind. Otherwise, besides these intensive intercessory prayers, um, sometimes it just will come to your mind and you will, we will pray pray flash prayers, flash prayers. That was a new word for me. Some of my studying, I came across this um, word. It's a, it's a concept for quick prayers. It's just a quick prayer that we pray. And we can do lots of flash prayers, in a day. But if you, uh, this was in a book called um, Prayer, The Mightiest Force in the World by a man named Fred Lobach. And uh, flash prayers, but it's a good way to think about it. Uh, Because we're going to see somebody. And And sometimes they don't even speak to you. But were you ever in there and maybe you saw a person not too long ago. I just saw a lady. She just looked so burdened. I didn't know who she was. I never had opportunity to come close to her, to speak to her. But I knew something was wrong. And I just prayed for her. Prayed a flash prayer. Lord, I don't know what that woman's need is. But she needs you. She needs your encouragement. She needs your peace. And then you just go on. And sometimes that's going to happen. Somebody's just gonna be called to your attention and your assignment is to just play, pray a flash prayer. And so sometimes these are just nudges from God. Did God ever nudge you? Like, hey, hey, right there, that one. And you pray a flash prayer. Because why? God wants to hear our prayers. God works when his people pray. He works through our prayers. We cannot be negligent about it. And I'm the first to confess the sin of prayerlessness. It's easy to get in that habit, that rut of just going on and everything's going fine. So you just got something else you need to do, and you you think you're going to do it later, but then what does the enemy do? He's going to do whatever he can do to keep you from doing that. He's going to distract you. He's going to make the phone ring. He's going to give you 15 times you have to get up and go do something. All this stuff is going to happen, and that's why we have to be intent on understanding the power and the calling of prayer so that God can accomplish his work. you're going to get to pray all kinds of little flash prayers you may have somebody's name on your refrigerator or maybe for your grandchildren um, your children you know just maybe they have a test at school that day a flash prayer but it's constant and we can do hundreds of them in a day it's also fun to pray secret blessings on people they don't know you did it you don't tell anybody But maybe you see somebody and you just pray a blessing on them. Lord, I see that person right over there. I know you see them. Would you bless them today? In Jesus' name, would you just pronounce a blessing on them? Let something good happen to them. Give them peace. Give them encouragement. Give them a pat on the back from you. And so you pray these secret blessings. We won't know until we get to heaven what those were, usually. But they're there. That's available to us as people of God. Um, sometimes a prayer might be as short and simple. Maybe you don't know what to pray. You don't know what to say. And so all you can do is just say, Jesus, that works. That works. So what are you doing? He is interceding with words that we don't have so that when I just call on his name, my heart and my mind are lifting that situation to him even though we don't know the details of it. Just say, Jesus, and it'll work. There will be those people in needs, however, that <clears throat> are going to take up residence in your heart. You're going to carry them for a while. You know, we're to persevere in prayer for those. There's, Jesus calls for persistence in prayer. Um, I had to learn a lot about this because um, I had a precious godly woman many years ago who was kind of a mentor for me, and she told me, and she thought she was right, but I decided she wasn't. She said, you don't need to pray for the same thing over and over again, because if you do, that means you didn't believe it the first time you prayed. Well, that made sense. And so sometimes if I prayed for the same thing more than once, I felt guilty um, because I thought I wasn't supposed to do that. But when you get into scripture and you see the parables of Jesus, the prayer life of Jesus, what you begin to see is he wants persistence in our prayers? We knock and keep on knocking. We ask and keep on asking. We seek and keep on seeking. And when you get into those verb forms, you know that prayer means persistence. And so sometimes you may go, I've got, I know people who have prayed 40 years for a family member to be saved. And guess what? After 40 years, they were. So sometimes it may be a long call, a long-term responsibility. Sometimes maybe not so long. But we are to persevere in prayer for those things until the day will come when the Lord takes away the burden. You'll know that he's done with you doing that for that season. The burden will be gone and you'll be all right about it. He's probably fixing to give you another but But you know. Just follow his leadership and who you pray for, what you're praying for. We just need to be careful to notice what God puts in front of us. Um, It may be a person walking down the street. It may be a person that sits next to you in church. We just need to notice what God puts in front of us and we need to ask him, what he wants to burden our hearts with. What is the burden of your heart? What do you want me to see? What are you calling me to hold before you? What is it? And in faith, take it. Believe it. You know, sometimes we might think, and I I think we've all done this, um, we might just say, um, you know, I've had so-and-so on my mind. And... That may be God's nudge. When you get somebody on your mind, certainly you need to first of all pray, but sometimes it may be a note, it may be a phone call. But for some reason, God is telling you something and we need to follow through with it. Remember, once we've got the armor on, we need to go to war. We're not gonna just wear it around like a costume. Let's just ask him, what do you want me to do with this? Now let's close with this. Let me me be sure we get this. Prayer is warfare. Prayer is warfare. Satan and his forces are occupying territory that belongs to Jesus. Intercession drives him out of the territory that he is occupying. He will do all kinds of things to keep us out of the battle. He will make us satisfied with wearing the armor, but never praying. He will do all kinds of things. And there is a lot more to say about this, but I I want to leave you with this thought today. Have you ever heard about smart bombs? kind of new. I think they started maybe in the Gulf War, smart bombs, what is that? Smart bombs are computer driven bombs that are able to hit a precise target. Uh, They don't just land in a general area and blow everything up around it to get this spot. A smart bomb is designed so that it can be targeted to hit this spot. And those things can be programmed to go through a window to go down an elevator elevator shaft, but they're aimed to go to a certain spot. They are specific and they are exact. When the Spirit of God prompts your heart, showing you a specific need, your prayer becomes a smart bomb into that set of circumstances. He shows it to you you see the target and you pray for that target, that spot, that specific, that's why specific praying is so important. Pray for that specific thing. And when you do, that smart prayer bomb goes into enemy territory and it makes a difference. It makes a change. As we live praying lives not just lives that keep a prayer list or say a prayer, as we live praying lives, then the enemy's schemes and lies are going to be exposed and the power of God will target that situation. He'll show it to you. You will know how to pray. We are to be persistent in prayer That may mean days, it may mean years. And sometimes we may pray a long time and there does not appear to be many results. But it could be that intercessors are the only ones standing between a nation or a family or a person and judgment. That's what we saw in one of our earlier lessons. God said, I looked for somebody to stand in the gap, and I couldn't find one. So we may be the only thing as intercessors. Our intercession may be the only thing that's standing in the gap to prevent the judgment of God. God looks for those whose hearts are prepared to intercede. Those whose hearts are prepared to stand in the gap. It's not so much about saying right words. A heart is what God is looking for. Has God burdened you? Is He burdening your heart? Do you sense the call of God in your heart with a burden that you need to hold before Him? Don't think for one minute. Oh my goodness, the Lord has dealt with my heart about this. Don't think for one minute that busyness and activity and meetings are going to be more effective than prayer. Don't think it. It's a lie. The question is, am I willing to do it? What is there about the flesh that would rather go to a meeting or that would rather be busy instead of getting before the Lord in that powerful prayer time. Where's your burden? Ask the Lord to give you one. Ask him to show you how to pray. And we probably need to do what the disciples did, go to Jesus and say, Lord, teach us to pray. Because you know what? He's waiting to hear from us. God help us. Amen.